Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Popper with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. On Sunday night, the Giants are going to take on the Buffalo Bills. Not really sure which Giants are going to go because they got a lot of injuries on the injury report. I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. Bet online's your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in on. Uh, Carl, um, you know, kind of the same song and dance. In the game in Miami last week, too much pressure on the quarterback, lots of hits on the quarterback. Quarterback winds up getting knocked out of the game. The Giants have given up an NFL most 30 sacks so far this season. What is Brian Dable doing to try to just bring this thing together and sort of stop the avalanche, do you think? Well, Bob, I think it's it has to be done in small increments. Do the little things. I keep saying the little things, the little things, but – when you see week after week an offensive line that doesn't pick up a twist, they've got to figure out, okay, how do we give these guys – because you had two practice squad players playing in the game last week, and you got to figure, what, do, what can we do to help these guys out? Well, sometimes you've got to reexamine your schematics and say, well, we're not going to put five guys out in the route. We're going to put – three guys out in the route and we're going to block with seven, right? You got, sometimes you've got to make those adjustments just to give yourself a chance. And here's the, here's the reality. You have players who can win one-on-one. So if you say to uh, Jalen Hyatt or Darren Waller or even Darius Slayton, I'm saying even Darius Slayton, because he's got speed too. Any one of those three guys. Or if you say to a guy like Wondell Robinson, you're going to have to beat a guy, right? He's got the quicks to do that. If you block it up, so teams don't necessarily have to legislate against um, your, your keeping more guys in because it also could mean that you're running the football, right? And if you keep that many guys in and you're running the football, chances are, you're going to have a good chance. So they've got to, you know, it's incumbent upon the coaches. We talked about this last week and I said it, and I don't think I jinxed anything. It is what it is. I said it was not sustainable the way they were trying to protect this quarterback. And, you know, some fans got excited when they saw um, Tyrod Taylor moving around. He got excited because he was running for his life. He just looked better running for his life than Daniel Jones. He took, I don't know how many plays he was in, but he got hit a ton. He He got hit a ton. And then he almost left the game had it not been for the two-minute warning. You know, so you you can love whoever you want at quarterback, but the fate will be the same until they can schematically figure out how to block for some of the things they want to accomplish because over five games, 
this scheme is not working in terms of the blocking schematics. Um, and yeah, your quarterback's missing some 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 throws or missing some reads, but we kind of know why he's missing reads because they're beating the crap out of him. Right, and then he, and then he throws a perfect ball up there for Waller, which should have been a touchdown, and they didn't catch it. I mean, so you know their opportunities are few and far between to make a play. So when it does present itself, when on the rare occasion that it's blocked up properly, um, you know you got to make a play, and then and then. You know, it's not like it's not like some of these other games that we've seen where they didn't move the ball at all. Mm-hmm. They move the ball and then they get to that glass wall, which is the other team's forty-four yard line, and that's where you get a false start, you get a hold, you get a, a no hitter, and a running back loses four yards on a play. You know, I was I was interviewing your former teammate Billy Ard on my Sirius XM mm-hmm. NFL radio show on Wednesday. And, you know, he won a Super Bowl with you guys in 1986, was a fantastic player. And I asked him if he had any, any eligibility left. He kind of chuckled. And he's like, I, I, I feel bad for Daniel Jones. He goes, I feel bad for the running backs. Um, he goes, I'm, and I'm looking at it because I, I just, just look in the way they line up sometimes. They're not on the proper levels. And then all of a sudden, guys aren't seeing twists and stunts coming at them. So, you know, if he sees that, they have to see that. Is it is it guys just is it is it is it guys when they get on the field like they practice it well all week and they talk about it and it's look, this is the same coaching staff that helped this team manufacture game plans last year to get to the playoffs and scheme people open enough to win enough games to get in and then win a playoff game. Uh is it guys just freezing when they get on the field? Same group. Bob, and in some cases, this is a bad, more talented football team than last year. It's just, it's, they're not executing. And, you know, you have two choices. You say, okay, we're just going to keep doing it until we get it right. And that means you're going to be probably on your fourth quarterback by the end of the season. Or you're going to say, let's give these guys something they can do. Um, we're really good play callers here. We'll figure out how we can do more with less. And that's exactly the, the state, in my opinion, where they are. Because when you have – when you watch NFL games, and especially when they start off nip and tuck a little bit, there's always that turning point where you're close until you're not. And the Giants have been in a few of those close until they weren't because it's they couldn't at crucial times make plays. They couldn't at crucial times – keep the game ugly, keep the game played on your terms, even though you might be down a touchdown. But if you can keep it there, you got a shot, right? But then the turning point comes where, oh, you give up a 90-something yard run or you give up a 70-something yard ghost screen. And that is um, those those tipping points or those turning points in the game where your offense can never recover from it. So your defense – Though they have played well, and a lot of people will disagree with this, but they're having breakdowns at the most inopportune times as well. Um, well, I said, just, I said it, it to you. Yeah. I said, I said it to you during the broadcast on Sunday. They get the Pinnock pick six, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, they've got momentum going in their favor. Tua doesn't really throw interceptions. It ties Erich Barnes for the longest pick six in Giants history. 
and you look up at the scoreboard and you say to yourself, damn, somehow it's only 14 to 10, despite yes. the fact that there's been a long touchdown run, there's been a catch and run for 60-something yards, all this stuff, all these explosives already down by four. And I said to you that, to this during the broadcast, coming up now is the most important defensive series of the game because you knew Miami was going to get the ball to start the third. You knew that McDaniel, you know, they'll scheme up something and they'll have a second half script or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the Giants let them go right down the field and they kick a field goal. And yeah, you could say, okay, they held them to a field goal. Great. They held them to a field goal, but they there they needed to give up no points. And again, just what you said, explosive plays, breakdowns at the worst time and the next thing you know my, my Miami has momentum now having scored going in 17-10 yeah and they number one they had once they had more momentum they also had the talent advantage yeah so you knew if you gave them a little more room to breathe they could call the game the way they wanted to call it and that's exactly what they did um but the defense you can look at that film and see where they're doing a lot of things better but it's the it's those crucial moments where they've got to be good, where the Tyreek uh, Hill touchdown on Trey Hawkins, no safety help, but they were running guys on the field late at that during that play. So Hawkins is just running back and forth, and he finds himself on Tyreek Hill, and it's just like pitch and catch. No safety help. No one told him. It didn't look like anybody told him, jam him at the line of scrimmage or play way off. One or the other. He just <laughs> played. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you just can't play. You just can't go out there, you know, grab your helmet and go out there and play. And you're looking at Tyreek Hill like, okay, I'm going to just play this play. No, you got to, you have to play that guy a certain type of way. And they were heavy formation on one side and Tyreek Hill was a single guy. So, you know, you got to give him some cushion. But, you know, spur of the moment, that's what Miami does. They put you in these types of conflicts. You know, with their speed of play, their personnel, and their movement. So you've got to be prepared for it, even if you're a young player. Speaking of undisciplined, right, in this regard, the Giants last year were really good at giving up yardage, but then playing good red zone defense, and they mm -hmm. played these muddy games, and they kind of stayed in games. Now, they let's, let's be honest. They didn't go against the level of quarterback week in and week out last year that they're facing this year. That's just mm -hmm. a fact. That's a function of the schedule. You know, that is what it is. But, Carl, they have given up seven runs this year of 20 or more yards. Two of them have gone for touchdowns. And they've given up runs of 76, 41. Like, they didn't do this last year. Yeah. They didn't give up explosives. And the other thing, I think last year they finished the season, I think they only gave up. Uh, of runs of 20 or more yards, eight for the whole year. And then the pass plays, they only have two, they, and they have no runs of over 20 yards this year. Pass mm -hmm. plays, they only have two over 30, and those were the two passes to Hyatt in that sequence in Arizona. They've given up six already this year, and they're going against a team in Buffalo that has nine pass plays of over 30 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So this is like... I mean, they've got to. Hey, they got to line up. They, they got to line, line up, up and play. They got to line up and play it, Bob. Is nobody's going to feel sorry, and 
You got to play with some level of pride and, you know, go execute. Like, we're not talking about a coaching staff that gives you no type of game plan. They Coaches know what they're dealing with. They put they devise a plan based on what they feel can be successful with the personnel that they have. So they're not even asking you to do more than what you should be able to do, whatever the circumstances are. And the Giants are falling short of that because of their lack of execution on the offensive line. Um, mental mistakes on defense, right? So you eliminate a few big plays when – you know, Isaiah Simmons is out of position and Bobby O'Karake is stuck on a block on a fast read. And everybody's screaming, well, Kayvon Thibodeau should have been able to throw that guy off and make the play. The lane was so large, you could drive a truck to it because Simmons is washed out and, and um, O'Karake is uh, sealed in. So what do you want Kayvon Thibodeau to do? Because if he jumps inside, they're going to just run it outside. So, I mean, it's, it's these sort of little things, but the good news is it's all correctable. You know, it's not a talent issue on those types of plays. It's an execution issue. Yeah, and some of their better players have to play better too, right? I mean, Dexter Lawrence and um, Leonard Williams have not Leonard, been nearly as disruptive this year up front. Um, well, and then you, part they, of that, let me just tell you, and this is not an excuse for those who are listening. So he's making an excuse for part of that, especially in the Miami game. Miami stayed away from him. They hit the Giants on the perimeter. Most of Miami's big plays were perimeter plays. So it's, you know, they knew that they probably couldn't run up in there. But the two of those guys have got to be more impactful in the pass game as well. Yeah, so um, now you're going against a Buffalo team. Now, as of this recording, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Daniel Jones is missing his second practice of the week. So you got to think if your starting quarterback has missed Wednesday and Thursday, I mean, there's a strong chance that Tyrod Taylor is going to start this game on on Sunday night. I mean, we're just guessing at this point. I'm just going by based on what you know. I'm I'm reading about who's available for practice and who's not. I know sure. that um, Waller's dealing with a little something. There's a whole bunch of guys. We still don't know about Andrew Thomas and what his status is. Um. Would it just behoove the Giants for for some of these guys to to maybe just not play them on Sunday night? Well, um, I think your quarterback is your most crucial player. You've invested a lot of money in him. Uh, you probably want to try to get him as healthy as possible. Uh, the rest of the players, I don't know. Like Waller, I'm not sure what he's dealing with. Um Guy like um, the inside of your your offensive line, they've been rotating anyway. The outside, um, the Evan, the, the not Evan Neal, but the Andrew Thomas uh, hamstring situation. I'm not sure what it looks like, right? Um, Aziz Ojolari left the game with an ankle. Who knows with him? You know, you don't know with the seriousness of it and. I haven't had a conversation with any anybody on the medical staff or him, so I would hate to speculate, but you know it doesn't take a whole lot for him to miss games. Um, and that's not discounting the severity of any injury. He just has that history. So, I mean, you play the cards you dealt, Bob, um, but I'm not holding anybody out if they can go outside of the quarterback. 
this you know, Buffalo, there's no risk of further injury. No, this Buffalo defense leads the NFL with 21 sacks. They and takeaways. The, they lead the NFL with 13 takeaways. They've had two or more takeaways in four straight games. The Giants have allowed a league-high 30 sacks this season. If you take out the return for a touchdown, the Giants are only scoring 11 points per game, and they don't have a first-half touchdown uh, so far this year offensively. So let's take a look at this from – because I know what the coaches and players are thinking. But let's take a look at this from a pure fanboy perspective. All right? I'll throw, I'll throw the mm -hmm. fanboy thing at you. Well, Barkley's missed as much time as he's missed. Jones is banged up. Thomas is dealing with a hamstring, and we know that hamstrings can easily be retweaked even when you feel good. Mm -hmm. Larry's nicked up. John Michael Schmitz is dealing with the shoulder situation and so on and so forth. You're going against a team at home. Uh, the quarterback's 11-4 and four in prime time at home. O over the last season, the, the last two seasons, Josh Allen is phenomenal at home. When you look at this season at this point and you think about, okay, how do we get back into this season? Mm -hmm. One of the most important games is the game coming up at home against Washington. That's a division game, right? You got to be thinking we got to sweep Washington to start with. Can we pick Dallas off? And we'll worry about Philly when we get to it. Then we got the Jets at home, and then we got a trip to the Raiders. Do you start looking at it like, hey, if there's any question about these guys, you might as well just sit them in this game and try to get as healthy as we can for that next stretch of games? Because you win those three games, you're four and five, and you're right back in the mix in the NFC. Yeah, uh, but you don't concede games in the NFL. And I, get, I know coaches you know, from, don't. From, I'm going fanboy for you. Right, I know fanboy, and and I would say to any any super fan, yeah, you could rest those guys, and the guys that you play could end up getting hurt, and then you just you're still out of balance, right? You get some good guys back, and you lose some good guys, and you just got to play the guys who are healthy. I, I get maybe err on the side of caution with someone like Andrew Thomas, right? Give him another week. We don't know what Saquon Barkley's ankle is like now. He, is he close enough to full speed? Um, but they're going to field the team, and they're going to field the team that with a game plan that they could win. And you know, I could I could see the rationale from uh, that point of view. And if you want to err on the side of caution with you know a few guys and give them another week, why not? You know, but you're going to – the guys that are playing are expected to play and they're expected to play to win, you know, because they've been playing without these guys thus far and you've had four-point games that you allowed the um, tenor of the game to change. You know, you had those turning point moments and you didn't step up. Yeah, it's going to be – well, you know, I, I guess it's what the trainers and medical staff say about all these guys, including Barkley. But I was almost wondering, like, it's like in the preseason, like you don't put your starting quarterback on the field unless you have your starting offensive line healthy and available. So yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's another story. Yeah, that's so, a whole other story. Uh, what else jumps out at you about this Buffalo team? Now, they've lost two really important event defensive players in the last couple of weeks. Tredavious White, the corner's down. 
And then they lose Matt Milano, who is a fantastic player. The one weakness of Buffalo is they're second to last in the NFL. They give up almost six yards a carry, 5.8 a pop, and they've allowed seven runs of 20 or more yards this year. So you can get them on the ground. I mean, well, they, they've what, shown what, us stability. Were they ranked ahead or behind the Miami Dolphins? Because Miami wasn't doing very good against the run either, but they did pretty good against the Giants' run. Yeah, they're second to last. I think Miami was 28th. Denver's the worst in yards per carry. Yeah. So it's still you still have to execute, even against the worst teams. This, you know, no different than when teams come in and they look at the amount of times you can hit the Giants quarterback, they still have to execute their games in order to get it done, and they do it. You know, so um, you reverse that, and the Giants say, okay, well, this is a team that's given up six. Our expectation is to get six yards to carry, control the clock. Um, What stands out is a phenomenal quarterback who can just, when he's on, there's not many better. um, And the one you – Definitely you don't want to do is have this guy scrambling to his right. Because when he scrambles to his right, that rocket can go off in any direction. Um, and it's hard to cover your guys down the field. So if you're gonna if he's gonna scramble, keep him up the pocket or going to his left. But you do not want Josh Allen scrambling to his right because he throws across his body something special. So uh 73% leads the NFL. Between throwing and running, he has 14 touchdowns. That leads the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's second in the NFL in combined rushing and passing yardage. He's averaging 305 yards per game. You mentioned uh, even if he rolls out to his right, his rocket can fire it across the field. Is it – I want to take you back to your playing days. Is it Elway-esque? Because Elway – I remember yeah. 1986 at Giant Stadium. You guys beat him on the famous, you know, George Martin interception play. Mm-hmm. I remember he threw a ball. He rolled out to his right. You guys had great coverage. And at the last second, his head snapped back and he threw a missile down the left sideline yeah. that I, you know, Marino could make throws like that, but not he after. He could move a- like that. Yeah. Is, it, um, is, is Josh Allen Elway in his prime? Yeah, he's Elway in his prime in. The guy Schrader that used to play for Washington, the Redskins. Jay Schrader. Yeah. Jay Schrader could run. That was the one thing he could do well. And his arm was probably, I know it was stronger than Elway's, but that guy got on the move. He could let it go too. So yeah, Josh Allen is that. He's, he's Elway, Schrader, and Cunningham, you know, in terms of letting it go uh, from, you know, across the field. He's special. And then Stefan Diggs is, you know, you can't say that connection is something that, you know, is just unique. They get each other. So um, just got to keep them going right or keep them in the pocket because Anything you can't can't cover those guys long enough. Once the, once the quarterback starts to scramble, you're not going to be able to cover them long enough. Anything else about this game you want to get off your chest? No, show up, do your job, get better in increments. Um there's a lot of improvement. You know, there's just offensive line, the coaching schematics. I'm going to be interesting to see if they change any of that. You know, I, I, I don't think they are the type of staff that are so arrogant that would say, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. 
until they get it right. I think they have realized, especially with Tyrod Taylor, and you know, Tyrod's not a big guy. Tyrod does get hurt. So you want to protect him. You can't just run the same thing over and over again because you saw exactly what happened to him in the what 10 or 12 plays that he was in the game. Yeah, I got to pump the brakes on this stuff, too, a little bit. This is the same offensive staff last year that everybody was lauding for scheming Giants to victories with with inferior talent in a lot of different areas. And Brian Dable is not one of these dudes that's going to be like, I'm running my system, I'm running my system, and I'm getting the same result, and I'm keep doing it. I mean, he comes from the Belichick, Saban, world of different game plans every week based on opponent. So like yeah. all of a sudden he's become like the class dunce with Giants fans. Like you gotta everybody's no, gotta I, pump the brakes on this. Yeah, but I will tell you he does like passing the football. He does he does like passing football, but that he doesn't ignore his running backs because they're a part of it. Um but I don't think he is the type of coach that's is you know, um, schematics be damned. We're doing what we're supposed, what we want to do, and we ain't changing nothing. That's just not who he is. But I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very curious to see what those changes look like. Are they gonna keep more than five guys in to protect the quarterback? I mean, remember the game last year going against Houston, right? They had the worst. They've had the worst run defense in the NFL for like three or four years. Mm-hmm. So Saquon Barkley got a career high 35 carries. They're just like, all right, yeah. we're gonna just, we'll play that game. So exactly. it's, not as, it's not as if they haven't, they're just, the guys are just not executing and they're not playing well. And they've got, when you got dudes coming off the practice squad, making their NFL, they're not very new, good. Yeah. At center. I mean, yeah, that, that was amazing. I mean, that's reality. Your practice squad to get better. You're not very good. And, um, you're good enough to be a pro, but that just tells you, you got to help those guys alone. You All know, right. Indul- go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. No, I well, want I want you to indulge our fan base for one second before we wrap it up. It's the Giants, it's the Bills, and uh, Buffalo over the years has had some very high powered offenses, like the one that they brought in the Super Bowl twenty five. You know, you see those uniforms; they're going to be wearing red on Sunday, Sunday night. They're wearing like they're all red. But um, when you see that Buffalo logo, does it bring back some warm memories of for you of that that Bill Belichick yeah. plan? Where no, like- it does. But you know the the one thing about when you see the Buffalo Bills, you have a lot of respect. Like I don't think there's a player on either one of these teams. If we saw each other, we we spit at each other. I mean, we we respected the hell out of those guys because they were just really good and they had some great you know, great players that, you know, starting with their quarterback and their running back, Thurman Thomas and those wide receivers. But then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Bruce Smith, Tally, Cornelius Bennett, and those guys, man, we were, and they had pretty good offensive line. So when I look at those guys, I look at one of the toughest heavyweight battles ever in Super Bowl twenty-five that we were lucky enough to come out, or not lucky enough, we were fortunate enough to come out on top of that game but they had they had the final kick and they missed it yeah later in the week those guys those buffalo bills should have probably 
paid attention to the curfew a little bit better than the Giants did down there in Tampa. Well, that, that part. <laughs> <laughs> that I was part. a youngin. I was out. They were out. And I'll never forget one yeah. night I was out somewhere with George Willis, who was covering the team for Newsday. I mean, I'm 26 at the time. And we're out, and there's a whole bunch of Giants at this place, and there's a whole bunch of Buffalo Bills guys. But I remember veteran Giants players gathering the younger guys up and saying, all right, time to go. Time to go. Yeah. Bills, a lot of the Bills guys, they stayed with Willis and I until it got really late. Hey, yeah. could you one more thing. Can you share with our audience, you beat San Francisco uh, on the Matt Barr field goal. There's no two weeks, so you, you, you're flying directly to Tampa. You get there. Can you share with the audience the anger that you and your fe fellow defensive players had when Bill Belichick presented what he felt was the game plan to beat the Bills in Super Bowl 25 for those fans that don't yeah, know? Yeah, that was that was, you know, probably the most insulting thing a defensive coordinator could do to a, a prideful defense. So, our first meeting for um for preparation of that game, our first meeting, uh, Bill Belichick opened up the meeting by saying, uh, if we're going to win this game, we've got to allow Thurman Thomas to get 100 yards or more. And we were so pissed off. No, he didn't say allow. He said, if we're going to win this game, Thurman Thomas is, is going to get 100 yards or more. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? This ain't us. We don't do that. And he's like, well, if he does, if he gets 100 yards a game, then they're not doing what they want to do because he doesn't get the ball. They don't run the football with him. So, and then he went into how um, we were going to defend this passing game. And, you know, we knew they, they had abandoned the run four weeks. I would say if it was 16-game season, they had abandoned the game, the run game by week 11 or 12. And all of their runs, they had one run, it was a draw, and everything else was a swing pass to Thurman Thomas. So it went beyond a tendency. That was a trend. They had literally went into a trend of not running the football. So he had, you know, Belichick had done all of his research and knew that they're not running the football. They're a passing team, and they have one run we had to stop, and it's a draw. Um, and everything else is a screen pass to him. So, you know, it made sense after he explained it. He wound up having 15 carries for 135 yards. Yeah, and if they had really if they had figured it out, they probably would have had more success because we didn't have the personnel on the field to stop the run. We conceded that they weren't going to run the ball. I mean, there were a couple of times where you had no down defensive lineman on the field. Right. <laughs> or right. just one so. guy, and they're still throwing it. They're still throwing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Until late. All right. Well, that's a little trip down memory lane. How do we like to end this thing? Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's right. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe in Giants. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.